The following podcast contains spoilers and words like G, whiz, and gosh damn it. We watch it. Hello, beautiful listeners. You're with us at We Watch The Thing. You're with me, Dave. You're with him, Billy. That's right. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm bloody great. Having my what, third beer of the year. I'm uh, I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> it's good to be having a drink again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Yes, very large beer indeed, um, which I needed. And, and I, today, know, so. I know that you're going well because you just got back from one of the best movies of 2023. Uh, we'll be talking about this, Bill. <laughs> Shall we get into it then? Because you did, you did, sir, just knock at the cabin, didn't you? I did. I just knocked at the cabin. Well, let's do it. I shime land all over that thing. <laughs> let's hope it doesn't come to that. All right. <laughs> knock at the cabin is a 2023 American apocalyptic psychological horror film written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, who wrote the screenplay from an initial draft by Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman based on the 2018 novel The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul G. Tremblay. Uh, it stars Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Amica Bird, Kristen Quee, Abby Quinn and Rupert Grint. And what is it about, Dave? Got a couple of young fellas and their <laughs> daughter in a cabin and four strangers descend on them with spurious tales about impending apocalypses. Yep. Um, and insist that they need to decide to sacrifice one of their family and, and kill them or the world's going to come to an end. Yeah. I mean, that that covers it. <laughs> so let's get straight into it then, because I know that you are a massive Shyamalan fan. <laughs> oh, he, he, he is a genius. <laughs> Look, I mean, you say that. I know that you say that mockingly. I do. He's Shyamalan, terrible. <laughs> sh- no, no, no. Hear me out here. And this before we even talk about the movie itself at all, I want to take a moment here to fucking, you know, soapbox my man Shyamalan because let oh, me say this. Give it your best shot. <laughs> let me let me say this. The man is not a constant winner, all right? He's had plenty of failures and I think everyone in the world is aware of that. But here's what I will say. I do think that he is a filmmaker with a fairly distinct voice, which I think is pretty rare these days. There's a lot of filmmakers these days where you go watch a movie and you you could be watching anyone's movie. Like, it doesn't need to be made Oh, you by can that pick person. his films. You can pick his films. He has a voice. He goes for it. He does what he wants to do. And what I really admire about him is that he, he actually doesn't give a shit. He does not care whether we think his movies are good or not. He's going to make them anyway. He did you, he's, I, like, he's just like Uwe Boll. <laughs> he has self-financed every single movie he's made since, I believe, The Visit or maybe even earlier than that. He's You've taken- just answered the first question I was going to ask, which is why the fuck do people keep giving him money? Well, exactly. They don't. They don't. He, But you know what? Every He's only ever had one movie that was not- a massive box office hit, and that was Lady in the Water. Every other movie, even if the reviews aren't good, even old, he made that for less than ten million. It took in ninety million. I know ninety isn't great, but that was during the oh, it's, midst. It's a good of return, the, especially during the midst of the pandemic. Like, it's, so yeah, there, there's like a, a collective insanity that an M Night Shyamalan <laughs> joint s- still means what it did after Sixth Sense. There's but, still this. 
every film that comes out is still marketed as, oh, my God, it's the master yeah. of the twist. It's <laughs> fucking not. So here's what I will say in defense of Shyamalan. I think I like that he goes for it. I like that he does what he wants. I like that he has a distinct voice. Does it always land for me? No. But let me say this. This one did. I was on board with this film. <laughs> Most people seem to be with you based on the uh, friends of ours that I've seen that have posted reviews so far. There's a lot of three and a half stars, a lot of four stars. Yep. Um, and just in general, when you look at, you know, it's, I mean, six and a half or something on IMDb, I think, um, which is not great, but it's not, you know, rubbish. Yeah. So- the general consensus seems to be that this is better than average. Yeah. <laughs> you say that, though, as if that's not your consensus. <laughs> this movie is fucking tripe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think he could write something worse than old, but this was terrible. I mean, it I, really I, was. I, I liked old as well. I know I, you did. <laughs> I, I enjoyed a lot of this movie. Does every beat work for me? No. But I think that this is a pretty nicely put together movie. I think it's tense. I think that the acting, regardless of what you have to say about the rest of the film, I think you could almost say the acting saves this movie. I was shocked at how good Batista is the in this act- film. But he, he's the the best thing in it. And, and I, no, I'm not knocking. The acting is one of the few things I think is, is generally- pretty solid. I, yeah. I, I think, think every um, actor across the- I think the Jonathan only- Groff is fantastic. I think Groff had a few good scenes and he had a few off scenes. I think he was a little inconsistent, but ma- mostly he was good. Ben Aldridge, who was his husband in it, yeah, I-, I thought had some weak moments, but everyone else I thought was pretty good. I could have done with a bit more p- fucking Rupert Grint. Actually, same. <laughs> I I was amazed at how fantastic Grint was. And I, I'm a big Grint fan. I think post-Harry yep. Potter, both him and Daniel Radcliffe have been, you know, on great streaks. I was surprised at how good I thought Grint was in this movie. He was menacing. He was exactly what was needed for that role. Yeah, I, th- I think all four of them, um, the, I mean, for want of a better term, the horsemen, yeah. um, I-, I think acted very well. I think they all acted as well as they could <laughs> with what, in my opinion, was a garbage no. script. No. Well, okay. He's a, he, he is a terrible writer. Let's dive into that. When you say terrible writer, is it the narrative? Is it the structure? Is it just the dialogue? You know, like kind of most people's. Issues oh, I think with his dialogue. I mean, dialogue is in particular his weak spot. I think he. I think he writes dreadful dialogue, and I think what could have been. And and I, I should preface this: this movie was always going to struggle because it is has so much similarity to Cabin in the Woods. You think Which so? Is well, just in. The, I mean, in terms of the fact, it's a cabin in the woods. It's about <laughs> needing to sacrifice people, you know, individuals to prevent the apocalypse. Yeah, it's fine. I did not even make that connection. Like, um, I, I had cabin in the woods in my top of um, twenty twelve. Cabin in the woods only is, a couple is, of weeks a, ago. Absolute bang. Yeah, that's a five star. I, I did not so, make that connection at all. I, I don't was, think of these in the same realm. Struggling in a sense because I was sort of coming into it knowing enough about it to to sort of see those similarities. And so I kind of was sitting there going, yep, not as good, not as good, not as good, um, which is, I guess, not this film's fault. But where I think this film could have been either 
a really tense film or a really scary film or if it had kind of stuck to a, a, a lane, I think it started very weakly, I thought, um, with Batista basically just being there from the outset. So there was no build-up to who are these for, what are they doing. Uh, you know, you, you got none of that sort of strangers vibe. That's interesting. I felt the opposite. I actually thought the filmmaking in that opening scene was really, really good because it was it was upsetting. And I'm sure that you felt that as as a parent as well, you know, seeing this little girl and she's clearly uncomfortable. And Batista, you can tell that something is not right. And just from the interaction between them, I actually thought that that was a pretty strong scene, I have to say. Do you know you know what part of it I think is? And this is you and I are very much in sync on this. The trailer fucking ruined this film. Okay, yeah. Right. See, so I have seen a trailer. So I I went in. I knew from the mind. outset that Batista and the other three yeah, okay. were no threat. Yeah, that was all spoiled in the trailer. That they were not there to harm them. They were there to give them this gotcha moral quandary. Yeah. So there was no sense of threat to um what's her name uh, when Ren, yeah um the little girl, because you knew that these weren't bad people. If this had started and the first sort of 20 minutes was like something like The Strangers, yeah, um, where you've got these threatening figures coming on, on, onto this cabin, you don't know why they're there, they're trying to get in, but you don't know anything about them, that could have been really, really frightening. And then when that would have given you – you know, quote unquote, the Shyamalan twist when it turns out they're not there to hurt them. Yeah, right. See, because but- I, I did get that. And that probably is because, as you say, I, I didn't see the trailer, so I knew nothing. So I actually did get those vibes from it. I was unsettled. I didn't know why they were there. I, I didn't know how threatening they were. And I was surprised by all the reveals. In fact, if anything, I think this is one of those films where, for me, the only thing that hurt it was expectations because you've brought it up a couple of times now. Shyamalan, he's the twist guy. That's kind of what he's known for. And he's yep. even, he started to back away from that a little bit. Like old, it had a, you know, a little bit of a twist there, but nothing huge. But I still went into this waiting for the twist. And so. Well, I, th- I think the twist was meant to be that they're not there to hurt them, that they're they're there to, right. you know, with the best of intentions. Yeah, okay. And See, I didn't get that, that as a twist because I guess they're still, I mean, sure, they're not going to physically harm these people, but they are forcing one of them to kill another. Like, there is definite harm happening there and they're killing themselves in front of this little girl and, and this I, couple. I mean, I'm, I keep coming back. I think it's a failing in the writing. I think that it he's not a good enough writer to do what this story needed. The twist could have been that either, and and I know it was based on a book, so it's it's not entirely his fault. Yeah. But the book got a lot of awards, so I'm assuming that he just trans his adaptation was the, the failure. Yeah, I do know that he apparently um, ch- he took plenty of liberties, is my understanding. Oh, he would. He's yeah. incredibly arrogant. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he thinks he's Hitchcock, which is why he fucking shoehorns himself into all of his yeah, films although, and cameos. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I think this story could have worked really well if either the twist was that they were nut jobs, yeah, and okay, they yeah. were just a cult. See, and this, or the first half of the film painted them as nut jobs, and then it turned out that, and were then right. the twist was, yes, 
know the world is actually in. I agree with you 100%. But it, it, the writing didn't deliver either of those. Yeah. It was completely clear what was going on the whole way through. I felt yeah. like not so much Groff, but um, uh, Aldridge's character just annoyed me because he was, it, it, even when they're watching news footage of planes falling from the sky, he's like, la, 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 no, it's not happening. Uh, it's just like, oh, yeah. you're a fucking idiot. I, don't, I understand that, though. Let's, because let's be real, if, let's if be he, real though. If okay, had, this is you, well, Dave. Would you believe said, it? <laughs> No, but it, but the, here's the problem. He didn't say at any point this is all doctored footage. He was he accepted that it was news footage. He just thought that it was pre-recorded and they knew about it. So when the news footage is a tsunami wiping out the east coast of the US <laughs> yeah. or literally and I I don't know what city it was, but there's something wrong with the air traffic control when something like seven planes fall out of the sky yeah. over one city. Oh, yeah. By yeah. God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were probably hitting each other. Yeah. Um, he, but he accepted that that was real news footage. Yeah. And was still, I don't care. I don't care if humanity's... <laughs> and, and I was like, you're a dick. I, I agree with you. I, I do think that the biggest failing on the film is, as you said, it's and this is what I was saying, I, I went in waiting for the twist. And you don't ever get it. At first, I thought the twist is oh, okay. That they're, they're going to be they're going to be right about this. It's going to be revealed at the end that they were right, and you know the world is ending. But that does happen so early on, and you as a viewer don't question it at all. It's there's no ambiguity um, that you're right. That by the end, I was thinking, okay, well maybe the twist is that that was that was a, a false you know start, and and it actually you know they are just insane people. But that never happens either. So you spend the whole was time slight, waiting for the, this twist did, that doesn't come. Did you find the ending slightly annoying as well in that it didn't fully commit like Cabin in the Woods and have the world end? Spoilers for a film that's <laughs> more than 10 years old. Um, but it also didn't have them say – they let it drag on so long that probably half the world's population was wiped out. Yeah, so this is my and, thing too. And yeah. all of society was robbed – and then he killed, and 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 then killed your partner. Yeah, this is my thing. By the time it got to the point it did, where so many people have died, I I I actually wouldn't have killed the other person. Like more than half the world no, is dead I, anyway. I, I would have just taken I those last was, couple of minutes just to. The yeah. one line I liked from Ultrich was when he said, "Well, let's just walk the earth." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what I would have done. By the time it got to that point, and it was evident that. All of this had really happened. Millions of people are dead. The world is not recovering from that anytime soon. And no. you, knowing that you are responsible for that, are never recovering from that anytime soon. So, yeah, Wen's going to grow up knowing that her dad killed her other dad and half and the population half, of the exactly, world. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> I, I would have just let it all end at that point if it was me. I know that, that sounds like, I don't know, Fuck it, yeah. planetist or I, I rolled the dice and got craps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, the other th- the other was the other thing that annoyed me. Fucking Shyamalan made me hate KC and the Sunshine Band towards the end of that. So no, no. <laughs> See, this is the thing. It, it's funny. We we agree on some points, but I I do agree that I think there were structurally some narrative issues that. Did you like? Did you think all of the flashbacks that were supposedly setting up the depth of their relationship? I did. I like contributed them. anything. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I liked them, and I didn't think I would. After the first one, I was like, "Oh, really?" Flashback. I just huh? found them clumsy. I I got their relationship. It's one of the few things that I think that the script delivered is that I got the closest of their relationship. The present sort of di- the present day dialogue between them conveyed the struggles they'd been through, yeah. the fact that the families didn't necessarily accept them, 
all of that. The flashbacks I didn't think added anything other than just drag out and, and the, the runtime and f- affect the pacing. Yeah. I, I, I already got that they were, they you know. The only thing that I think for me they added was that kind of sense of, you know, particularly- The completely unnecessary thing that maybe Rupert Grint was the guy that hit him in the pub, but they never well, really can- Yeah, I think what it was doing for me it. anyway was showing Ben Aldridge's kind of, you know, you brought up before how he just outright didn't believe them. I think the only thing the flashbacks did was kind of highlight for us how much he feels wronged by the world and how much he's expecting people to be out for them and after them. It, yeah, it was. A, it, it did semi-justify the what. Yeah, and it really is. It is done ham-fisted over the top. Yeah, outrage and and <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think it's there to justify his behaviors as a character, and I do actually think it does that. Like, is it slightly clunky? Yes. But at the end of the day, I liked the performances so much. I thought Ben Aldridge and Jonathan Groff, it's funny, I had a completely different experience to you. I thought Groff, they were m- fantastic. Most of most of Groff's stuff working this I liked. There were just a couple of scenes where it just and I think it was just the 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 words that he was being given to say that were just not very good. On on the acting front, <laughs> you brought up earlier about how Shyamalan injects himself into all of his films, Hitchcock God. style. Did we need that infomercial about him and fried this chicken for fuck's sake? This is easily the best of any of his kind of insertions. This it's actually better works than him driving the fucking minibus exactly. in old. Exactly. In old, he, he was in it way too much. In this, it was fun. It's a quick little thing. If you didn't know what he looked like, you wouldn't even know it was him. And he's talking about fried chicken, which is one of the best things in the world. I was totally on board with this. He almost made me hate fried chicken. Oh, um, fuck off. <laughs> he's, but he's, he's unnecessary. He has no reason to be there other than vanity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, is it vanity it's or is it like just the- having a bit of fun? No, I, th- I reckon it's that he thinks he's the next Hitchcock and Hitchcock <laughs> had cameos. But Hitchcock did it subtly. And didn't give himself speaking parts in every movie. Yeah. This is Tarantino level of just fucking uh, stop doing it. See, now, Tar- Tarantino, stop doing it. Tarantino, that is vanity. That's vanity. I had to- watch. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't trust anyone else to deliver his funniest lines, and so he always puts himself- I mean, just recently, I, I was over on Binge Movies uh, with Jason doing uh, like a Tarantino- Look back, a couple of movies. Yeah, I've I haven't. Never seen. I haven't. Is that is that come out? I haven't listened Not to that yet. yet. I think it comes uh, out um, March or April. But there were a couple of movies I haven't seen, including Django Unchained, where Tarantino is for some reason quite pivotal in the third act and doing a terrible Australian accent. Why? Why is he Australian? <laughs> For the same reason Robert Downey Jr. was Australian in Natural Born Killers. <laughs> no reason. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like I should say something positive. So this is the best I've seen Batista act I ever. couldn't believe how good he was. Like, this role was- fa- Like, honestly, this is, this is how good he is in this role. That I believed everything he was saying, which is very important, I think, given the way the film plays out. I- did not once question that he was a second grade teacher. He just no. That which felt looking at the so guy, you authentic. should <laughs> exactly. You should question <laughs> that. But I felt that was it, so authentic. I thought he was so authentic is, in this role. Yeah, and I mean, he he's done some garbage. I mean, Army of the Dead was a fucking dumpster fire of a film. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but when you compare the choices he's making to the rock with, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. Well, not um, even just the choices, just his skill level. Like, I, I don't. I don't want to admit there's Batista no there's is no as good vanity in in Batista's choices. I mean, or he w- yeah. or he wouldn't have picked Drax as he wouldn't have accepted Drax as a character where he's unrecognizable. Yeah, he's interested in doing. I I, I think interesting roles in films that he finds interesting and that he's he is you know attempting to stretch himself in terms of acting. And there's no vanity in in the roles that he's picking. Yeah, there's if if. I mean, and you compare that with, you know, The Rock going above the studio head to the head of Warner Brothers to insist that he gets Henry Cavill to have a cameo (laughs) in his fucking movie. You know, you've got Vanity Unchained. So I've got a lot of time for Batista. Yeah. Yeah. And this only added to that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, cast-wise, it's people I like and they were doing good work. I I just... Fuck, I just think Shyamalan's just a terrible writer. I really do. <laughs> I've got to ask this. Did you go in expecting a horror film? I mean, I know that you'd seen the trailer. Did the trailer make it look like a horror? Like, what did you think you were in for going in here? Uh, pretty much what I got. Okay, yeah. The, like, the, there, were, there were no surprises. The, the plot unfolded exactly as I thought it would. Um, I suspected that the family were never in any danger, and I thought that- we were going to get the um, Batista and Co. killing themselves, which was what we got. Is that and spoiled in the trailer? No, I don't think so. I just kind of I, yeah, I knew well. that they I knew that it was about this ran, you know random family being told you need to sacrifice one of yourselves. Yeah, and I knew they were going to say no because you would. Yeah, and um, the only. Kind of the only way the plot seemed to be able to go was that the four yeah, hostage yep. takers would have to start sacrificing themselves for some reason. It didn't never. It never seemed really clear why they had to do that. Well, this um, is actually one thing I really liked about it. To me, in the narrative, it was very clear that it's funny. Even though the family were the ones who were saying no, um. It was actually by the act of killing themselves that was releasing these yeah. plagues or whatever. So it actually I'm makes not- you question, like, just don't kill yourself then. <laughs> like, you're actually the one I, doing this it, and you're pinning it That on was this the family. other thing that annoyed me. It was, and I'm, I'm sure there are people that liked the fact that it didn't explain stuff, but it yeah. irritated me. Yeah, okay. Cabin I, in the I'm Woods in the camp made it, that liked it. Cabin in the Woods made it very clear why all this was happening at the end. Yeah. It waited until right at the end. But it didn't leave you annoyed. This had this was sort of painted with this Christian dogma brush. Yeah. Although why the four horsemen, which and and I'm far from religious. Yeah. <laughs> but my memory serves me. It's death, pestilence, famine, etc. Yeah. Why suddenly the four horsemen are the educator, the the, the yes. healer, and the yes, I, I had. I the don't same remember thought. that from yeah. Sunday school, but yeah. whatever. Um. But we're sort of left with the idea that this is drawn from the Christian religion, yeah. which means these are God-sent plagues or whatever. Yeah. But it's never really touched on. You've just got people claiming that they had visions, someone saying, well, they're obviously the four horsemen, and I was left scratching my head going, are they really? Just the <laughs> yeah. <four> of them? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think... See, it's funny to me. I I thought the whole four horsemen thing was just 
that was at the end him trying to justify it being like, yeah, this is this is real. They're the four horsemen. To me, and maybe it's just because of my love of magical realism literature and stuff. And, you know, I've been reading a lot lately. So maybe I was reading too much into it. I actually like that the way I read it was that it was kind of about fate. Like this was always going to, this apocalypse was going to happen whether they did anything or not. But, you know, it kind of, it brought them together. They all had these visions. They came there. Like by them acting this out, they are the ones bringing it on. And that was fated to happen from the beginning. That's kind of the way that I saw it. But has this happened before? Is, is, I mean, initially I was thinking- that these four are each of them- Like they come them- to this cabin every year or something? Well, that no, was my I, first I, thought. <laughs> what I thought would was going to be the case, and I think it would have been better if, if it was, was that each of them were the sole survivor of the previous four families, and this happens every five years, say. Yeah, okay. That'd be interesting. And that, <laughs> that, that was going to be how they attempted to convince these guys when Batista pulled out the photo that turned out to be the- the kids that he taught, yeah. I thought it was going to be, this is my, fa- this was my, you know, my wife. Yeah. And I had to kill her to save, you know, to save humanity. And then they were each going to go around and go, and I had to kill my brother and I had to kill so-and-so. We've all been through this. We know it's hard. But they're not. They're just four random people who had visions and met on a fucking dodgy dark web chat board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so- Sounds like you didn't like it then. <laughs> how, no, how- I, I, I really, I was, sit, I, it was a struggle to get through. I, I wow. was really sitting there going, this is just bad filmmaking. So how, how are you scoring Knock at the Cabin then? <sighs> One and a half Whoa. out of five. Holy shit. So, well, out of 10, I'll, I'll give it a three. Wow. Okay. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm I'm in camp seven. I'm a seven on this. Jesus Christ. Nuske and I saw it at date night, which, like I said, I was surprised because she doesn't like horror. But I, I think- felt sorry for her because not only was it horror, but it was going to be shit horror. No, she she enjoyed it at least as much as I did, if not more even. Oh, so- she's just she dropped so far in my estimation. <laughs> I had her on a pedestal. She was a queen, not only for putting up with you, but because of every, well, yeah. everything that she likes. She and, does and, put up uh, with oh, me. Just but, yeah, no, I, I terrible, enjoyed terrible. this movie plenty. I would happily watch this again. I think it's- Oh, my God. Perfect, perfectly paced, perfect length as well, which helps. I, I thought- a, a hundred minutes isn't too long, but it did feel like about 180, so- <laughs> He doesn't get points for that. So there you go. I, I, I actually, I would watch old again over this. And old, I thought, was a really badly written film. But at least, it, yeah, I don't really have an at least. I, um, <laughs> I would, um, this was better than Glass. Yes. Yes. Much better than Glass. But this is this is not- The room is better than Glass. This, this is nowhere in the spectrum of- Bad Shyamalan, I think. Like, I, I think that at worst, this is kind of mediocre, forgettable Shyamalan. Like, at, at absolute worst. Because you look at his filmography, he's had some real stinkers in there. And this is better I've, than- I've missed a couple in the middle. So, my history with him is uh, Sixth Sense I, I quite liked. I, did, I didn't get the, oh, my God, that everyone yeah. got at the time. I didn't think it was that amazing. But I thought it was solid. Um, Unbreakable, I thought, was a great idea that 
didn't really deliver. See, I love Unbreakable. I reckon Unbreakable um, is up there for me in my top films. Signs, really liked. The Village, I really liked. After right, that. Yeah, so you uh, yeah. Then, then things, I, I can't remember the chronology of them after that, um, but the only one of his films since then that I've actually thought was really good was Split. Split, yeah. Split was fantastic. And- This is not as good as Split by any stretch. No. And the reason that Split's really good is the acting. Yeah, oh, because yeah. there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not really much in the way of a script there, so he couldn't ruin it. <laughs> it's it's literally just McAvoy. Well, it, I mean, obviously, the, McAvoy's co-star helped. Because, yes, yes, you do yeah, love Anna Taylor <laughs> um, But it's just McAvoy being fucking amazing. He is. And that's, so, that's he all sh- he should have It's literally Shyamalan turned up on set and went, McAvoy, activate, <laughs> yeah. and then just sat back and did nothing. And he just went through and did 50,000 characters. Yeah. So I don't give M. Night really any props for how good Split was because yeah. he added nothing. Um, and well, there you Glass, go. Glass was just the, <laughs> just the worst piece of shit I've seen in many years. Yeah, it was very and very bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm off. I'm off the Shyamalan train. I, I think I think he is genuinely a bad writer. I think he's a bad director. I think he had a lot of good ideas. And a modicum of talent, and he shot his load right at the start of his career, and he's had nothing in the tank ever since. Well, there you go. So this is a recommend from half of We Watched <laughs> and a shitting upon by the other half. <laughs> well, what do we get into next week, mate? Well, how about we go highbrow next week, mate? If, if you thought Shyamalan was shit, how about we get to some uh, some contenders let's, let's, next week? Yeah, some some filmmakers that know how to make films. That'd I mean, be a refreshing change. Let's 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 get to Babylon. Because Chazelle, Ooh, I don't think he's made a bad film and I don't Brad care Pitt, what- Margot Robbie, can't yes. go wrong. And you know what? Let's also do Tar because I've been waiting for a Todd Field film for 16 years and <laughs> I am. Ex- I think he is fucking exceptional. Little Children is one of my all-time favourite films. He hasn't That's, made one since. Do, is that the one that you and- uh, Hul- you Julio. And Julio, Julio yeah. did on the show with me I, yeah, last I, year, year before. Uh, that's one that, yeah, I added it to my list then. And Have you not seen I, it? I must have promptly lost that list. Oh. <laughs> you have to, I mean, you got to watch that because Todd Field is an incredible director. I do um, trust Julio on some things. He liked Holly <laughs> Motors. He did put me on to Short Term 12. So, yeah. Sure. He's a good egg, Julio. He's a good egg. In fact, I'm a patron of the Contrarians. They reached out to me just this week because they're doing a patron takeover of the show and I had to pick a movie Ooh. for them. And I said, how have you never done The Princess Bride? Because I can't wait to hear them. That's, of course, yeah, 97%. Go on. Try and say something bad exactly. about it. Alex exactly. Alex Julio, I dare you. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that one. All right. If nothing else, I, I feel like there should be some voices pro-Babylon while Paul's railing against musicals in the, in the darkness. Like the <laughs> I've heard really mixed things. Topher loved it. Topher thought it was I trust amazing. Topher. Topher and I yeah. have very similar. He's on well on most the- things. He's 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 woefully wrong about the Passion of Darkly Noon because he <laughs> he hates Brendan Fraser. But um, most right. things we, we oh and he didn't like Night of the Heart. No, Topher and I don't agree about it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that'll be next week. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, oh, thank Christ, it'll be a nice change up this week. <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Don't see nothing <laughs> happen. It sucks. 